Welcome to Indoor Voices, presented by Millicare Floor and Textile Care. Join us as we explore the great indoors and talk to experts about how to improve our indoor environments. Welcome to Indoor Voices, brought to you by Millicare Floor and Textile Care. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about lighting, and we have Elizabeth Montz with us, who's going to help us through that. So, Elizabeth, so that we can get to know you a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Hi, Brian. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, I'm Elizabeth Montz. I work for the Schneider Company. The Schneider Company is a manufacturer's rep for light fixtures. We represent around 85 different manufacturers of light fixtures, predominantly commercial um, and industrial. We do have a couple of residential lines, but we focus mostly on the industrial commercial markets, the spec markets. So we call on architects, engineers, electrical contractors, electrical distributors, and then also some end users. And I've been with the company now for 18 years. Um, I have done a lot of different things, worn a lot of different hats. I currently am calling on electrical distributors and contractors and end users. All right, there we go. So 18 years. So you got a lot to tell us. You got a lot to tell us. So so what does a day in the life of Elizabeth Montz, a lighting manufacturer's rep, look like? So in that 18 years, lighting has changed a lot. Um, you know, it's gone from traditional light sources that we were familiar with 10 years ago, fluorescent tubes and incandescent light bulbs that we have in our table lamps, and then those really large um, high, HID lamps that are in industrial fixtures, like in high bays that you see in a lot of manufacturing and the warehouse facilities. So a day in the life, um, let's see, it, it has a lot to do with retrofit kind of work. Um, I do a lot of design of changing over those traditional light sources to LED. So the LED light fixture, the LED market um, came about, I would say in 2006, and it just kind of has uh, been adopted more frequently and more readily just as over the years, because people can really see the energy savings wow. that they're getting. So you take one of those 400 watt metal halide giant light bulb that goes in a, a high bay fixture and you can now replace that with an led version that is 150 watts so you are cutting your energy consumption drastically and that i see a lot of that so my what i'm doing daily is a lot of of retrofit projects trying to save people money on their power bills um, doing some design build work with electrical contractors, taking either an existing space and changing it over to LED or taking a new space and just determining how many fixtures are going to best light that to the um, international electrical standard um, and, and just trying to give people the good, the light that they need so Elizabeth, as we've gotten a chance to, to talk to you and know you in a couple of conversations that have come up, uh, I think in your world on a daily basis, 
One of the topics is color temperature. Can you give us a quick rundown on, on color temperature? Oh, color temperature determines the color of the light bulb or, or LED diode that you are using. And it is measured by Kelvin, which is an absolute temperature. So an example of different color temperatures for lighting. A candle is 1900 Kelvin, okay? If you walk outside right now and look at the beautiful blue sky, it is 10,000 Kelvin. So what we're used to is usually definitely on the lower end of that. Um, your traditional incandescent light bulb is usually around 2700 Kelvin. In your office spaces, classrooms, healthcare, you're going to see more of a 35 to 4,000 Kelvin temperature. And now you're seeing a lot more with LED, you're seeing a lot more what they're calling daylight, which is around 6,500 Kelvin. It's a little bit more on the blue side where the 2700 is going to be a nice, warm, almost orangey glow. What we like or what we see the most of is around 35 to 400, or excuse me, 3500 to 4000 Kelvin, which is a nice, clean white. So, so when you think of soft white or daylight and all these changes to the lighting industry, why is daylight versus soft white even significant? Lighting helps your body and your brain determine what kind of what what time of day it is, the circadian rhythm of the body. So you wake up in the morning and you have this nice, you know, the sun is rising. So you've got this nice, warm, orangey, red glow of the sun coming up. And then as the day progresses and it gets to noon and you've got the sun right above you, you're going to have that nice, bright, white, white light. And then as the day goes on and the sun starts to set, you're getting that nice, warm light again. So it, your brain is reacting to those different light levels. So when it when you've got a nice, warm atmosphere, a nice, warm light, you know, you're kind of chill and, and, and you're comfortable and it's nice ambient lighting. But when you when you're in your office or at school or in healthcare, you've got that 4,000 color Kelvin color temperature, which is wider, which wakes your brain up and it, your brain realizes, hey, okay, it's time for me to do something. It's time for me to act and do some tasks or to focus or whatever. And, and then, you know, as the day progresses, it goes back to that, to that warm. So, so most folks know about the circadian rhythm that you told us about or our internal clock. And that that's affected by lighting, as you uh, so eloquently explained. Is there a commercial standard you recommend or are your customers even asking you that? Everyday customers know there. I don't I don't know if, if most of them are even aware that there are light fixtures out there that can be adjusted to different color temperatures throughout the day. There there is a well building standard and that standard is is trying to promote lighting environments that are optimal for, you know, visual and mental and biological health. So there is a, a marketing term of human-centric lighting. 
and different some some manufacturers are, are starting to come out with these fixtures that through controls sensors and um, time clocks will change the lighting automatically throughout the day we're we're not really seeing much of that right now um starting to mostly in healthcare because Lighting is, you know, where where you're going to see that need for circadian rhythm is in healthcare. It's where people are sleeping. You know, it's it's you know at the schools, we want the light bright because we want our students and our children to be able to focus. You can start it with a little warm, but you know you want them to be able to to see what they're doing and you want them focused. But healthcare with with people recovering and recuperating from surgeries and and illness. That is, that's where I think we'll start to see it more frequently. Right, right. So, so I like that human-centric term that you use, because when you compare that to the fact that folks were home for the last 16 months, uh, would you surmise that folks have received more, more daylight or changed up their lighting in their homes? What, what do you think? I would definitely think that people are seeing more in their working from home. We have windows where a lot of us who are in an office setting you know, where there are people in cubicle farms, which I'm, I know that that open concept is, is changing, but there isn't a lot of, of natural light in spaces. There, you know, there aren't a lot of windows. So I would think that people working from home are definitely getting a lot more natural light than they were in their office place. But with that human-centric lighting and the future of lighting, we're seeing a lot more design being focused around adding more windows, adding more skylights, and then adding fixtures, light fixtures that have sensors on them that are going to react to that daylight. And when, you know, if you've got light fixtures that are going next to a row of windows and they don't need to be at full power, then they're going to react to that natural light and they're going to automatically dim down. It, the technology with lighting and with this human citric lighting is it's really coming a long way and they're just making improvements every day. It's very cool. Okay. Okay. So we should pay attention to circadian rhythms and we should make sure we have some natural light, but what other ways can lighting be used in a health sense? So um, one of the manufacturers that we represent has come out with a new technology that uses visible light. So it's not UV, it's a visible light that continuously kills harmful viruses and bacterias in a normal everyday setting. There are different versions of it. Um, you can have like in an operating room or a surgical suite, you have your, your surgical fixtures and, you know, the doctor is doing the surgery and he's done and everyone has left the space and a sensor realizes, hey, this space is empty. So it kicks on this indigo colored light and that light is actively killing all of the, the viruses, all of the bacteria in that space and it's light so it's bouncing around so it is not just killing line of sight 
It is killing underneath the tables, underneath the beds. It's, it's killing bacteria on the soft surfaces, on the sheets, on the curtains. Um, you know, all of the different places in an operating room that are being, you know, the doctors or excuse me, the, the staff is going to come in and they're going to do their normal procedures. So it's not taking away from those normal procedures. It's just an added benefit of your light fixtures. You have light fixtures in the space anyway. Might as well have them benefit the space by actually doing some good and killing the bacteria. That was that was going to be my next question. It was going to be, you know, are you getting asked for that? But to switch gears a little bit, what is the most common question you get being in the lighting industry? The most common question, let's see, would be, how can you save me money? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> me personally, that's what I get a lot of is how can you save me money? So um, with the transition to LED, a lot of our energy providers, our power companies will offer rebates. So if a business says, okay, we're interested in changing over to LED, what can you do for me? Then I would go in and do an audit and an audit would consist of counting every single light fixture and making notes about how many light bulbs are in each one, what is the wattage of that light bulb, um, and then compiling all of that information. How much are, is, is the business paying for their power? And then coming up with an LED alternative, uh, whether it's a retrofit or a new fixture, showing how much, how much energy a company can save by changing over to an LED fixture. I mean, because like I said earlier with the HID, a 400 watt metal halide light bulb, it's 400 watts. You add in the ballast factor of that, it becomes 468 watts. That's a lot of energy consumption for a warehouse. And if you change that to 150 watt fixture, it's gonna offer you the same light output and it's gonna be cleaner. It's going to last longer. It's going to not buzz like <laughs> so many people are right. used to. You know, you walk into a warehouse and you hear that, what is that? Oh, it's the light fixtures. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't know that. There you go. That's the buzz. Change them over to LED and you get rid of that buzz. So what projects are you working on most in the industry? Most of those kind of LED changeovers? Yes, I, I do a lot of industrial. Um, I've done several school districts. Changing everything over to LED, that's what people want to do now. The fluorescent tubes of the past um, are becoming more and more hard to come by. And when you see an LED fixture and you read the specifications of it, and you see that it is rated for 100,000 hours, which that even is, it's gonna last longer than that. I mean, it for the most part. So, so let's change, let's change uh, the, the conversation a little bit. I wanna move to some design, because um, I know you do that a little bit as well, right? So um, when we talked uh, earlier, you told me that uh, there are some showstopper pieces that you like uh, working on. Um, so what showstopper pieces or projects have you been uh, working on? Because there is a design side to this lighting thing. 
there's definitely a design side. There are people who go to school for many years to be lighting designers so that they can, and, and architects so that they can capture all of the nuance um, and all of those just cool aspects of lighting. Some of the things that I really like, let's see. Um, I watched a webinar uh, last week of a light fixture that is kinetic. It moves. So it starts small and it's a decorative pendant. So, you know, it's, you can hang it in your spaces and it's, um, it was, it was called a starburst is the series that the, the manufacturer named it. So there were three different versions. Um, one that started small, kind of like a flower, and then you could pull it out and each little petal of the flower is illuminated with LEDs. So you can take this small little fixture and pull it out to four feet, a four foot diameter. So there was a round one, there was a triangle, and then there was a rectangle. And when they were small, they were all about, sim they were very similar in shape. But then once you pulled them out to these larger, the larger scale, you could actually see what that they were, were shapes. And then the example that they showed was hanging them in different layers. So you're looking up and it was almost like looking at a constellation. It was very, very neat. Here we go. Our listeners are probably going to contact you because they're going to want that showstopper, <laughs> just so you know. It's very cool. And that's just one, one of the many. Yeah, I mean, there are some, some very interesting architectural style linear fixtures that, you know, you can have these 20-foot runs. So a one 20-foot long line of a light fixture, or you can make that into a shape. You can make it into, you know, a six by six square or a 18 by 10 rectangle or triangles or circles. And yes, and then you can start to layer things. And a lot of times we, we discount lighting. Lighting is a core essential. You need air, you need water, you need lights. We think of lights, you know, as, oh, it's, yeah, it's just something that when we move into our house, it's, it's there. We're not, it, you know, a lot of times we have those fluorescent clouds or when you're in your office, you've got that typical two by four, whether it's fluorescent or now LED. The way things are going now, the architects in these companies are, are just coming out with really cool, better ways to light spaces that are getting away from that traditional two by four. And yes, I've been fortunate to be able to work on some projects that, you know, they want that showstopper. They want, when you walk into their lobby, they want something cool. So Elizabeth, in one of our first discussions, you were talking to me about a facility wellness presentation that you were a part of that was centered on lighting and where lighting technology is going. Could we talk a little bit about that? Where is the technology going? Well, definitely into controls. Um, you know, again, with the code, we are seeing more code with, um, you know, it's, it's all about saving energy. So we want our light fixtures to be smart. We want them to react to the environment that we're in. 
If we are no longer in that space, we want our lights to turn off automatically. Because a lot of times, how many times, let me ask you this, Brian, you have kids. How many times have you said to one of your children, hey, turn that light off when you leave the room? Oh, yeah. Too many, too many times to name. Right, right. So now technology and the code is coming out with these sensors. You put sensors on your fixtures, you put sensors in your space so that they will detect that there is no movement. There is no heat. There is a no occupancy in this space. We're going to turn these lights off or we're going to dim them down. So one of our manufacturers has, and they do predominantly industrial, but they offer their fixtures and they all come standard with a sensor on them. And that sensor is automatically going to detect occupancy. It's going to detect the daylight harvesting. So like I said earlier, if, if those fixtures are up against a window, or a skylight. They're going to react to that light, that ambient, those ambient light levels, and they are going to dim down automatically. So with those sensors, now we um, can tie all of that back to a dashboard. So all of those sensors are gonna talk to a gateway, and a gateway is gonna go to a dashboard, whether it's on your computer, your iPad, your phone, what have you, and you will be able to control, you can control your light fixtures remotely from your device. Or if there is a, um, an, an issue, let's say a fixture has stopped working, it's going to give you an alert. And, you know, if you're a facility manager and it's, you know, you're at home and you're working or you're, you're, you're with your family, but it's third shift and you know that there are people in that facility that are working and, and all of a sudden something happens with the lighting. It's going, it can alert you and it can come to your phone and say, hey, we've got a problem. But you can also use that dashboard to see your energy consumption daily, hourly. You can break it down as granular as you need to. You can track movement within a facility because of that occupancy. So that would, that can allow like a production facility to look at a, a heat map and say, okay, let's see where the majority of the traffic is in our facility. And, and through that heat map, you're going to see red. So you can see, okay, we've got a lot of action here where one of our lines is. But wait a minute, what's going on back there? I see a lot of red in that space. Oh, that's where the trucks are. So you're, you're, you've got action going on here, but then you've got action going way over there. And it can allow a facility to look at that and revamp their, their production. They can say, okay, we need to bring this over. We need to maybe adjust some things so that it, the flow is better, so that you know, they can incre increase their productivity. And that can all be done, believe it or not, through your light fixtures. And with that now, so they are adding new things, new features to what you can see on that dashboard. So now you can tie in other aspects of your facility, your water, your air, 
your gas, all of these different things you can put meters on that you can tie them all back to that dashboard. And if I can go a little further with it, now they're also starting to add in asset tracking. You've got a facility where the ladders keep disappearing. Who keeps taking the ladders? We have no idea. Where do they go? You can put these tags, it's a Bluetooth tag, on the ladder, and that Bluetooth tag is going to talk to your light fixture, and you'll be able to track that ladder wherever it goes. So that can also, you know, you can track your assets, but again, it can, can be used as a way to improve the functionality of a, a business. No, I like it. You would... You would never have thought that you could tie sensors to the lighting. But when you think about the fact that the lighting is distributed throughout that facility, right? There's not a place in that facility that you won't have light. It makes tons of sense to have that on there. So, so one, one more question for you. Tell me a little bit about, um, about Li-Fi. Lighting, lighting fidelity. So we're so familiar with Wi-Fi, our wireless and um, it is a radio wave technology. So Li-Fi is a wireless communication technology that uses light fixtures instead of radio frequencies. Um, it, it's not going to replace Wi-Fi and it's still in the, the testing and, and I don't know if any applications have been rolled out yet. I did a little bit more research after you and I spoke, and I they're saying that they're still they're still studying, they're still trying to 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 work out all of the kinks and but you're like you just said, the light fixtures are there. So you take a light fixture, you enable it with this. And, and I'm not sure what exactly that technology is that makes that LED because the LED, it's, it's, it's an LED technology. I guess they take the LED diode and somehow incorporate this technology that is going to be able to speak wirelessly to your phone or your laptop or your iPad or whatever so that when you're waiting, waiting let's say you're waiting for your car to be fixed, right? You're sitting in the lobby and they don't have free Wi-Fi. So you're, you know, you need to get some work done while you're waiting for your car to be fixed. And they have LED lighting above your head. Wouldn't it be cool if that LED lighting had that Wi-Fi, it was enabled and you were able to automatically just be able to use your device and, and it, it's, you're not using your cellular. It's, it's free. <laughs> Everyone would like that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's great. And I and I think that's um, and it's a great one one to end on. You know, I was thinking about where lighting could go and how that mashup with the internet may happen. So honestly, Elizabeth, full conversation today. Thank you so much for exploring the great indoors with us. Oh well, thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity. If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate and subscribe. This podcast is an audio-only version of the Indoor Voices interview series presented by Millicare Floor and Textile Care. You can watch the video of this interview and find other episodes at millicare.com slash indoor voices.